Welcome to the Human Insight Podcast, where we help you bridge the empathy gap to bring you a valuable new understanding of some of the most innovative ideas and trends shaping the future of business and customer experience. Hi, everyone. I'm Janelle Estes, Chief Insights Officer at User Testing, and I'm joined by a guest co-host, Michael Mace, VP of Market Strategy at User Testing. And today we are thrilled to have uh, Dia Lani, a product manager from Costco Travel, with us today. So thanks so much for joining us, Dia, and welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, um, and your role today at Costco Travel. Um, so I work um, at Costco Travel as a product manager um, for the online user experience group. We call it member experience because you have to be um, a Costco member to buy um, a Costco Travel product. I've been here with Costco for about three years now. Um, and before that, I worked for about seven years with AT&T. Um, so my journey into product management was through development. I used to be a software developer before I moved into um, test management, UAP coordination, and then eventually as a product owner and now a product manager. Um, so I've seen um, all sides of the software development cycle. I've been involved in different kinds of projects. So it's given me um, you know, a good insight as well as understanding of how to bridge that gap between what the consumer wants and what sometimes can actually be built or what is technically feasible. I, I worked in enterprise products at AT&T for a really long time. So moving into the consumer side of things at Costco Travel was a was an interesting challenge. With the enterprise product, you know what your user wants because they've told you exactly what you want and you're building to that spec. Whereas with the consumer product, you have to try your best to understand what the consumer wants. And then you want to make sure you're building something that they will actually buy. So the unknown um, in a consumer product can make it very challenging and very interesting. Yeah, that's some background on uh, both me and my path to product management here at Costco Travel. Yeah, it's a really interesting journey to hear how you moved from software development uh, into um, kind of product management and, and even the transition from B2B to uh, consumer, two very different worlds. So it's it's really, it's an interesting and, and compelling story. At Costco, um, you're, you're a product manager. What are you focused on in terms of your product management responsibilities? So I manage the um, front-end website teams at Costco Travel for our three websites, US, UK, and Canada, primarily US and and Canada right now. So Mm -hmm. uh, we have a whole bunch of teams that are focused on making sure that we reduce the pain points on our site, that the the products we have are things that consumers can come to our site and buy without needing the assistance of an agent. Um, Travel is not always an easy product to you know, put together are um, something that Costco offers is being able to book an entire experience or a vacation, which sometimes it's not as simple as buying a flight or just a hotel. So some of those products sometimes end up needing an agent's assistance, but our hope is to make that process so simple that people can do it more and more uh, without needing an agent. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And um, you mentioned people who do business with you need to be members. Um, mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit more about Costco Travel and I guess how you fit into the larger maybe travel and hospitality ecosystem, um, maybe what your differentiators are, just a little bit more context on your company would be great. Sure. Um, so Costco Travel is one of the many departments within the Costco warehouse umbrella. So what most people probably, when you hear Costco, what you're thinking of most of the time is the warehouse. 
Um, but Costco has so many other departments and services that they offer to their members. It's their way of providing extra or added value to a member so that they retain and eventually renew or upgrade their membership. So the warehouse is one aspect of it. It's obviously a, you know, an essential service in the sense that it's a grocery store and provides a lot of essential items. But we also have a lot of value-added services, everything from you know garage doors to tire center to travel being one of them. Our value adds to those members so that they see the extra value of paying that $50 per year and you know, renew and stay as a Costco member. So Costco Travel began as that value-added service, but in the last 20 years that we've existed, we've grown um, by leaps and bounds. Now, you know, we went from being um, an agent-only service to now having our own website. And even though we're still a small player, we're getting bigger by the year. Great. Yeah, um, that's, that's helpful for, for me to understand. So when you become a Costco member, you then have access to Costco Travel, if I'm yeah, I'm assuming that correctly. Yeah. Okay. We, we also hope that, you know, even if you're not a Costco member and you come across Costco travel, when you search for, like if you search for places like Hawaii vacation, some of the images that rise to the top, even in Google, are Costco, Costco travel images. So our hope is that even if you come across Costco travel in your search for a vacation and you're not a Costco member, that paying that $50 a year is nothing compared to the value that you would end up getting as a Costco member. We apply the same philosophy to Costco travel products as Costco does to the warehouse. There's always this aura of treasure hunting when you go into a Costco warehouse. There's these deals, things that you never thought you wanted, but once you walk into the store, you end up buying all of that before you leave. So we, we apply that same logic to Costco travel in the sense that if you booked a hotel with us, um, you may get a lot of included extras that you may not have gotten if you booked elsewhere. We might give you one extra night or you might get extra breakfast. If it's a cruise, you might get more shipboard credits or you get Costco shop cards back so you can come back and shop at the warehouse, which is as good as getting a discount on your cruise. So we try to throw in a lot of these extras, which just make um, the product a lot more, hopefully a lot more valuable, um, which will then make you want to become a member at which point, you know, the $50 a year is nothing compared to the value of Costco. I mean, travel is such a high value product. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's really helpful. And I love how it works both ways in terms of, you know, being a member of Costco gives you these benefits, right, of tra Costco travel, but also mm -hmm. Costco travel can be something that gets you to convert to be a Costco mm -hmm. member. Yeah. yeah, that's great. The part of Costco that you're the travel industry itself has uh, seen some major shifts, uh, especially in 2020 in light of COVID and, and the pandemic. And, you know, we've had a conversation before this one, and I would love for you to share kind of your perspective on the shifts that you've, you've seen um, in terms of travel behavior. I think you mentioned three different types of travelers that you have kind of noticed in terms of trends at Costco. Can you tell us a bit about those behaviors and, and those traveler types and, and what you've noticed? Sure. Um, I think with, with this pandemic, for a very short period of time, I think travel almost came to a standstill. Like the travel industry, by definition, involves movement of people going to new places, new experiences, being among other people. So um, I think in March is when the cancellations really hit the travel industry here in the U.S. And March and April were a really tough months for us. But even outside of that, as things are slowly trying to come back to normal, as you know, different states and different cities are trying to get life back to normal for people, travel is still one of those industries that are lagging behind because it's not an essential service 
people think long and hard before they travel. And there are a lot of regulations um, in place that actually prevent travel, even if you wanted to. So definitely a huge impact to Costco travel as a company and you know just the travel and hospitality industry at large. Um, what we're seeing now as people are starting to move more or travel more are, you know, almost three distinct types of travelers. Um, there are those that, irrespective of the situation today, still want to travel, especially because this is the peak travel season in North America. From April through September, October is the peak travel time, and people are unwilling to just be cooped up at home, so they might find options of where they can travel and they still do want to travel. Um, the second group of people we're seeing are the really cautious people who may not be ready to travel right now, but are still booking vacations for further out in the year or for next year because they're hoping things get better by 2021. They may not be willing to take the jump right now and start traveling right away, but um, they're foreseeing things getting better. And those people are kind of what define the pent up demand where if everything had been normal, they would have traveled now. But since they can't, they're planning for the future. And then there are the third category of people who are really cautious and considering how uncertain the times are, are simply unwilling to book or travel at all. So the you know, it, as we see these people, they come in different ways. There are the ones who really want to travel that are traveling right now, the ones who are booking um, for the future, and the ones who are not booking at all. So for each of those groups of people, we just have to plan um, and think accordingly and make you know, products available to them at the time that they're ready to go. Hey, hey Dia, it's Mike. I, I'd love to ask a follow-up question on on that. You know, as as you were describing those those three groups of people, I mean, that's a beautiful taxonomy. And and I know from a lot of our other customers that we talk to, they're, they're struggling to try to figure out what's the what's the impact, what's the future going to look like, who's going to re-engage, all of that sort of stuff. Can you give any pointers on how did you identify those? those three groups? Because it really sounds like you've got a great picture of your marketplace. Yeah, I think initially, you know, we, we ran a few tests to try and understand the mindsets of our own users, as well as users at large. You know, we were able to run user tests with people who have traveled with Costco before. And Costco members and travelers who are Costco members generally tend to be repeat customers. Um, you know, you either haven't heard of Costco travel or you've used it and you love them. So, you know, we, we tried interviewing and basically running tests with our own users and then with users at large to try and understand what they felt about travel. Um, and that helped us gain some information about this. We were also able to take a look at our bookings and the overall analytics on the site of how, how many people are coming to the site, how people are, you know, moving through the site, what kind of products they're looking for, what kind of destinations they're looking for, are they eventually converting all of that data, um, we were able to use that to come up with, um, you know, the different kinds of users and how they are behaving right now. So it was a lot harder for us to quite understand the user's behavior in March and April. But now that we have five months of data of people's behavior in the pandemic, I think it's a little better understanding um, of where people are. That has also helped us change our strategy to a certain degree. Like what we would have been doing today if this year had been a normal year is very different from what we're planning to do in 2021. I think there's a general acceptance that not much is going to change for the travel industry in 2020. We're coming you know, to the end of summer travel here, at least in this side of the planet, um, of the globe. So not much is going to change this year. A lot of cruise lines are choosing not to you know, have any failings this year. They just have to recover from the PR nightmare that 
COVID-19 was for them. Getting ready, um, a lot of these um, cruises and hotels, they have to have their cleaning practices ready. They have to make sure that they actually follow through on that. There are no gaps or breaks on that. So, you know, they're all getting ready for 2021. Um, there's a lot of assumptions being made about what things would be, what things will look like in 2021, but those are just, you know, best guesses based on what's happening right now. Yeah, I think I think your industry got hit harder than just about any other one I can I can think of. So it sounds like the methodology was kind of this classic mix of quant and qual, right? In the, in mm-hmm. the sense that you had your analytics, you could look for patterns, and then you use the user test to. It sounds like to to understand the why and the and the thinking process behind that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Was it live interviews that you did or or self guided interviews? How did you any pointers on methodology and what worked best for figuring this out? We did self guided interviews, but we did want people to speak their thoughts out aloud, however long it took for them to tell us, you know, where they are and where they're going. And one consistent pattern we saw is that you know users asking that we have faith in them. It's like, you know, trust us, we really do want to travel. And when we do, we will come back. Um, I think to a certain degree, uh, that is helping us, you know, make the right decisions. And even apart from this, Costco as a company is um, very conscientious about what they do. They're, you know, they're very careful about their marketing. Um, so even though some of the destinations or brands may have chosen to open up, we are choosing not to sell products in some places unless we have watched the trends to see if everything's looking okay. So we, even though Disney may have opened their parks, we chose to wait and see if, even if they open their parks, is everything going the way they wanted it to go? If it's not, we don't want to put our member through an experience that was unhappy for them because Costco as a company, historically, we, we run a lean operation. We don't do too much advertising. We expect our members to love what we sell and then word of mouth is what gets them back. So if this leads to a poor experience, then they probably will never come back to us, which is not a situation we want to be in. We care deeply about our members. So we want to make sure that we are careful about what we're selling, even if um, a destination is opening up, you know, with Hawaii, things were changing um, pretty frequently. So we still chose not to sell in Hawaii until we knew what the situation was over there. So it's just we're being careful as we reopen or as we market, um, even if the individual cruise lines or hotel chains might be starting their marketing, we're still being careful about it. Yeah, that, that's really uh, interesting. And your model is is really compelling in terms of, you know, you looking out for the best interest of your customers and of your members, then in turn um, drives their loyalty. So it's a really interesting, sounds like a, a great way to kind of retain a solid membership base. Um, of folks so. that are I happy. Think, yeah, I think this is a, you know, a lean market situation is when, you know, you you should spend more time trying to understand your consumer, in our case, our member, what they actually want and to earn their trust. Because if you lose their trust now, there, there's no way to earn that back. You know, the, this is a time when most people are scared to book travel. And if they do trust you to book with you and then they feel betrayed about it or they have to pay a steep cancellation fee or they go to the destination and cannot enjoy their vacation, then you, you've lost their trust. And once, you know, there is something to be said for that trust factor. You know, it's hard to get consumers back if you don't have that. Right. And I guess um, maybe you could speak to a little bit of, you know, how you go about building that trust. You know, I know in previous in our previous conversation, you talked about presenting a lot of content that was continually updated based on or is constantly updated just based on the state of the destination and, you know, um, 
what people can expect. So can you tell us a little bit about how that strategy has shifted um, for the online experience? Yeah, so what we're trying are, you know, there's a twofold approach right now um, to make sure we're, we're there for the customer. One is, you know, there are times when you, the destinations that normally would have sold during a peak season like this are probably not the destinations that people want to go to anymore. Um, you know, people no longer want to go to really crowded destinations. Not everybody wants to go to Disneyland or Disney World anymore. Um, they want to go to more secluded locations. They, you know, national parks are getting more popular. And so, you know, making sure that you're catering to the destinations and markets that people actually want to travel to and even can travel to. Like, for example, People in the U.S. can no longer fly to Europe right now until those restrictions are lifted. Even Canada still has its border closed. Mexico is open, so you know people are traveling more to Mexico. It's just making sure that we're having product available to the places that people want to go to and can go to. That's one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect is that you know as people want to book, um, you want to make sure that information is available to them. Like even within the U.S. Um, different counties in different states are in different phases of reopening. So you want to make sure that information is available to the user for them to be able to book. If they're calling agents, you want to make sure agents are equipped with that information to be able to help the consumer. And the third aspect of it is just really good customer service, which I think it's not, you know, it, it has helped us that that's always been Costco's model. I think there are so many stories out there of people returning all kinds of things to Costco that they would probably never have dreamt of returning to a regular store. And the same applies to travel. We, you know, we we try and make sure that all taxes and fees that you would have to pay are included in the price that you see. Um, we offer the kind of value that there are no cancellation fees for our rental car products. Um, the second driver is always included free. So we, we try and make sure that those kind of added values don't change in any way um, right now. We don't cut any corners at all just because it is a pandemic. I think unlike a lot of other OTAs um, like Expedia or other companies that take a much bigger hit, we have the fortune of belonging to a multi-billion dollar company where we can ride out the storm a little bit better than maybe some of the other smaller players can. I think we're lucky in that regard where, you know, uh, financially, even though we're taking a huge hit, we have a parent company that can afford to keep it afloat. Yeah, that's a great point. You mentioned uh, how you were kind of investing in a little bit of both quant and qual to sort of understand, understand your customers and sort of shifting behaviors and sentiment. Is that approach that you're taking, is that different than how you've gone about understanding your customers as compared to maybe a year ago? for example. And what I'm actually curious in is specifically, um, we've seen in the industry some shifts from doing in-person work and maybe Mm -hmm. ethnographic studies and doing interviews in person, shifting to more of these remote methods. So I guess I'm I'm curious, has that has that been a shift for you as well at Costco? Or have you always relied on this way of understanding your customers? We've almost always relied on um, more online studies than in-person studies. We used to do those before we started um, using more online tools like user testing. But now we rely more heavily on those tools than we used to before. It's I think it's especially important now because we're trying to understand the difference in mindsets in user behavior, right? Previously, good customer service was defined as how many touches you had with somebody at a hotel, like, you know, um, how often were you contacted? How often were, you know, were staff making sure that your experience was great? Whereas their mindset mindset has shifted completely now to contactless check-in, complete self-service. They just don't want to be in touch with people anymore. So you're actually focusing on 
different kinds of things than you used to before. The same applies to, you know, the kind of destinations that people want to go to. Everything has changed. You know, previously on our website itself, people didn't always want too many stops along the way when they're booking a product. The fastest way to, I like this product, so I want to be able to book this product, right? Now it's more, um, I want to be notified if I'm supposed to know something before I book this product. They're okay if we stop them 10 times along the way and tell them, you know what, are you sure you want to book this? Um, this particular hotel has these restrictions. Are you so sure you want to book it? Make sure you've gone to the Department of Health website for that particular state and so on. And those are not the kind of things that bother them or annoy them anymore. If anything, they want more. So I think just the way in which reach out to the our members hasn't really changed that much and um, the method is the same but what we ask them and how we utilize that information definitely is. I'm, I'm kind of curious when we've done our tests on trying to understand overall impact of COVID you know looking across lots of industries one of the things that came up as being really important to customers was their confidence that a location would be sanitized you know, do, do they trust that the people know how to do it, that they're actually going to do it, all that sort of stuff? Are you seeing that show up in your business? Are, are your customers expecting you to be a proxy to, to make sure that they actually sanitize properly in these places? Um, I think, um, you know, as they reach out to agents for information or even on our site, um, yes, there's definitely a lot of interest in information about, you know, sanitation procedures and things like that. There, there are those travelers, irrespective of all of this, we're still making a whole lot of cruise bookings even now. There are those that just simply are okay with travel, are okay with taking the risk, or they're trusting the brand to do what they say they will do. But there are definitely the, those who are cautious and um, reaching out to us um, regarding that information. And you know, it, we, we try our best to make sure that that information is available to them. And if we know, you know um, our buyers um, are constantly... Um, tracking the markets that they make products available in to make sure that if things, if the situation there is too volatile, um, or we should not be selling there, that we just don't market or sell those products. So yes, there's a, you know, there's a daily, um, it, it's just, it has become a constant and daily process now. That must be really wearing. I mean, I, I assume the marketplace would have changed a lot more slowly in the past. And now all of a sudden, it's, it's almost like you're in a daily check what's happening moment to moment, right? I think, I mean, you know, this is one of those instances where the entire company came together, like especially in March and April when things were getting overwhelming for any one department, whether it was the agents or the buyers. It was all hands on deck to make sure that they had the support they needed from each of the departments, the information they needed, the support they needed. Things have got definitely gotten better now. It's not as bad as it was three months ago. But yes, initially it was overwhelming. Now it has just become the new normal. The yeah. new normal. We tested that one, by the way, and we found out a lot of consumers said, I want to go back to the old normal. I don't want to have a new, <laughs> but I know exactly what you mean. Hey, let me ask you a little bit of an unfair question um, and it's fine if you don't have an answer to it but do you have any inkling out of the out of the customer behavior changes that you've seen mm-hmm. are there some of them that you suspect are going to last beyond the pandemic or do you think people will try to go back to the previous normal as much as they can I think some things will change for good I'm not sure if this will you know only time will tell of course but I think you know, things like cleaning procedures on cruises or, you know, the availability of medical staff on cruises. These are the kind of things that I feel like this pandemic has brought to focus. And those are probably not things that people forget quickly. Maybe 10, 20 years down the line. Yes. But for the next few years, I I don't think, I don't think people can ever go back to being as 
carefree about some of those vacations as they used to be. Cruises are so different and they took such a huge PR hit from this pandemic that I, I feel like they will probably feel the impact more than, um, you know, hotels or um, airlines will. And kind of actually piling onto that, your response made me think of something, which is, have you seen a shift in the types of vacations people are booking? So you mentioned Disneyland is one that maybe you're not supporting right now, which to me, Disneyland equals a big theme park with lots of people and lots of opportunity to sort of pass germs around, if you will. Have you seen people booking certain types of travel packages or experiences that might be a little bit more... I don't think isolating is the right word, but maybe less crowded, if you will. Definitely. There's been a huge um, shift in trend of the kind of vacations people book. They're definitely a lot more reticent about getting on a cruise, even if they're booking them the more further out for next year. People are not as comfortable getting on flights anymore. So it's the rental car only or hotel only part of the business that is seeing a huge bump right now because people are wanting to plan their own vacation closer to home. So it it makes a lot more sense for them to be able to just book a rental car and a hotel by themselves, which is where the focus on contactless entry and check-in. I'm not having to come in contact with the staff and stuff becomes really important because they just, they want to go and, you know, spend some time on vacation, but just not have to come in contact with too many people. Even more secluded locations like state parks, um, you know, that are that were not as popular before are definitely more popular now. So we're seeing a shift in the kind of vacations people take, definitely to more um, off the beaten path sort of vacation that are, you know, not crowded destinations, wanting to plan vacations that are closer to home or at least ones that are drivable and wanting to be able to book the hotel by themselves. Because one of the most popular products at Costco, something that set us apart from a lot of the other OTAs, used to be our vacation packages. We curate vacation packages at really popular destinations for our members. And the reason those vacation packages were really popular are the extras that we throw in. Um, like, you know, um, Disney tickets at a really low price, or if it's in Vegas, we offer show tickets at a really low price activities in Europe, activities in other places. So those were the included extras that made a vacation really appealing. And that vacation product, uh, vacation package product really appealing. Unfortunately, those are the kind of things that people don't want to do right now in a pandemic. So, you know, some of our um, other products are now becoming more popular. Rental cars is always a popular product. If there's, you know, most people who come to Costco travel usually come because they've booked a rental car with us. We probably offer one of the best deals on rental cars. But our hotel only or hotel plus flight business is also doing really well now compared to vacation packages just because of the change in mindset. So I'm I'm curious about the balance of interest between hotels versus you know less traditional housing like home share services and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys book that whole range of things? And have you have you seen a shift? Do people like trust big hotels more than staying in somebody's backyard or something like that because of the the pandemic? Costco doesn't offer too many um, like you know homes per se um, like from a you know a third person or a third party or a private person because unless we can guarantee the experience, we're not as comfortable selling it. Obviously things might change with the pandemic, but generally what Costco offers is consistency of you know member service, consistency of amenities provided across your vacation. If you look at a Costco buyer's rating of a hotel, it's almost always slightly lower than the rating the hotel probably has from TripAdvisor or AAA. We tend to have a very high standard for amenities because 
that is what Costco is known for, the added value. So we, we take that, you know, very seriously. So we don't normally have too many third-party um, properties that we offer, but we do offer condominiums and other properties like that in places like Hawaii um, and I believe in Europe and a few other places. But those are, again, destinations that people are not traveling to right now. Within mainland U.S., we don't offer those options as much. Again, unless we can guarantee a consistent experience, it would you know, it would be a while before we offer that. That's a really incredible piece of data that your your customers tend to be have a higher standard um, than like an, an average traveler, which I'm sure is can probably be challenging to keep up with. Yes, I mean, I think uh, you know we want to make sure that we offer products to people you know of all ranges and types. So vacation packages definitely have been our most popular product because you know if what we sell is an experience in itself. And that's what Costco is most known for, not just Costco travel. It's the whole experience of treasure hunting. You know, when you go into Costco, you find these things that you never would have bought otherwise uh, because it was a great deal. It's the same thing with travel. We, we offer an entire package where it's sometimes hard to believe that we were able to throw in um, tickets and other extras at the same cost. But again, yeah, right now in, in the current market situation, that's not what people are, so we're, people are looking for. So we're trying to, um, you know, RVP, um, he is really good at having the opportunity mindset. And I think that's what, in spite of having been only 20 years old, this is the second recession that we're trying to weather because, you know, the 2008, we started during the last recession. We started in 2000, it's actually our 20th anniversary this year. We started during one recession, we weathered another one in 2008 to 2012, and this is the third one in our existence. And I think what has helped us arrive that is the opportunity mindset. Again, you know, we've been lucky enough to be the department of a parent company that's extremely stable and doing really well. That has definitely helped us. But I think that opportunity mindset really helps. We use this downtime to build new markets and build new products. Um, Costco Travel as a company right now exists only in Canada, US, and UK, even though Costco as a company exists in far more markets. So we try to use our downtime to come up with more markets to expand into, build new products that we normally wouldn't have had the time to build because we were too busy reacting to you know the busy season of that year. So this is definitely giving us that time to prepare for when that pent up demand and travel comes back. We're hoping it's next year. That's that's really interesting because I think different parts of the world, as I'm sure you know and are following on a daily basis, are different stages of recovery. Yeah. And I think perhaps the U.S. is probably one of the last ones or will, will be one of the last ones to come back. And so looking at other markets makes a lot of sense right now. You mentioned contactless check-in, which to me is, you know, and it, it, it's innovation um, that was really fueled by consumer needs around, you know, within this current pandemic. Are there any other types of um, innovative solutions that your team has really leaned into based on, you know, what's what's been happening in the world of travel with contactless delivery, or sorry, contactless check-in being one of them. Were there any other other things that have come up with the teams? I think it's just the 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 trend has been the same, meaning um, you know, well, contactless check-in is for the hotels. It's the same thing with rental car pickups, you know, just being able to pick up a car without needing to come in contact with the staff at the location, uh, making sure that the, you know, the, the cleaning procedure and the fact that the car was cleaned is the members notified within, you know, when they pick up the car that they're notified uh, with information available to them 
without them having to um, come in contact with somebody else. So I think um, it's just the whole concept of not coming in contact with people is just different in each industry. But yeah, just just similar behavior, different product, basically. It's just implemented very differently in each of the industries. Of course, with cruise, that is not easy to implement, which is why a lot of them aren't even sailing until next year. But definitely for hotels and cars, that has been the innovation. It's also, um, you know, hotels and rental cars promoting the kind of methods they use for disinfecting, um, you know, the the effectiveness of those disinfecting procedures, making sure that our consumers are made aware of it. So it's just different technologies being used to put the consumer at ease. That's really interesting to, to kind of think about putting consumers at ease because you know, we've been t- talking some a bit about how, I don't know if you've seen some of the coverage around how some of these predictive models that have been used to make business decisions mm-hmm. are essentially just breaking based yeah. on the, these massive shifts in consumer behavior. So all these things that you've been able to rely on for years to help inform your decisions are essentially kind of null and void at this point because the consumer is changing so much. And at the heart of really understanding what to do, you have to understand your consumers as and, and your members as humans, human beings with actual emotions and fears and concerns that you, as sort of the provider of the experience, need to sort of alleviate. And it's almost like you don't have the option anymore to just watch data trickle in and, and hope, you know, your KPIs are moving in the right direction. It's like you need to actually really over pivot on on understanding the people that you're serving. And it sounds like you've been doing some of that, a lot of that at Costco. I think so. I think you're right about the fact that the historical data we had, everything before March of 2020 has pretty much just it's as good as you can throw it out the window right now because the consumer behavior has changed so much. The first couple of months were particularly hard because it, everything was new territory at that point. Now it needs those five months of data to go back and watch consumer behavior. And you can clearly see with within each market or each destination, you can clearly see how the regulations make an impact on people's mentality towards travel. There was this brief period where everything was starting to look okay in the U.S. States were starting to reopen. We were starting to see the bump in travel and, you know, um, consumer movement on the site. And then um, things took a turn for the worse again. And then you could clearly see the dip. So it's, you know, it, it's so volatile that you can almost tie that behavior to what's happening almost real time, daily or weekly. So that's that part of it, again, is is now the new normal, which as much as, I, like I said, I, I would love to go back to the old normal where I didn't have to track data this closely on almost a daily basis. But you, you can clearly see the difference um, in people's behavior um, daily or weekly, depending on what's happening live in, you know, outside in the world. So having to adapt to that can be, you know, travel as a whole is not an industry that can adapt to things on a daily or weekly basis. It's just, you know, those are the kind of things you plan far ahead. It's just, it has, it's definitely difficult. It's changing everyone's mindset. It's also trying to understand, um, you know, you have to understand the fear of the consumer. You have to respect that fear. And then you have to try and alleviate that fear. So understanding the fear now, like I said, five months in, we have some data. Respecting that fear and alleviating that fear, a lot of that has to do with making sure that 
you're having the kind of product they want available, giving them the information and making sure that, um, you know, whether it's disinfecting procedures or, um, you know, that kind of information that they want available to them. And then also the fact that you want to alleviate their fear also by making sure that your cancellation policy is flexible. You cannot expect the consumer to book a travel in an unpredictable market like this unless your cancellation policy is fairly flexible. And again, for some of our products like rental cars, we haven't seen as much of a hit in conversion on those because historically we've always had free cancellation on rental cars. So our products where the cancellation has been very flexible are still doing really well because people book those risk-free. But the ones where the cancellation is, um, you know, can be a little bit more steep, like cruises, are the ones that will probably take a little bit more time to come back because unless they're able to offer a very flexible cancellation policy, there's this fear that, you know, um, travel is an expensive discretionary product. When you put in that kind of money, if things change a month down the line and you're unable to travel, you know, when you get your money, then that's, that's a big deal. Right. And it's also ridiculously hard for a business to plan for, you know, yeah. a big cruise or, a, you know, um, a flight um, with, with that flexibility in mind. Um, I think, you know, the, the cancellation policies can sometimes mean that you get all your money back, which is usually not always common. In a lot of these cases, what you get back are either future credits for the cruise or future credits for um, the flight. And you want to make sure that, you know, these, these credits have an expiration date. Some of them are as early as the end of this year. Others are the end of 2021. Some are the end of 2022. And as a consumer, you know, you tend to forget this. You don't remember when that flight credit you got is expiring, when that cruise credit you got is expiring. You want to make sure that, you know, if you truly want to earn your your consumer's trust, that you remind them that, you know, hey, I think you have a credit. might be expiring at this time. Make sure you book ahead of that time. In some cases, the travel has to be before the expiration date. In other cases, you just have to book before the expiration date. So there are so many um, rules attached to those credits that it can get overwhelming. And you want to make sure that you can guide your consumer through that. You want to make sure your agent has been trained to be able to guide your consumer through that. Booking using those credits is not the same as booking regular travel with your consumer. So there's a lot of things whether it's training our agents to making products available, that we've had to change our mindset completely into what we need to prepare for for 2021. I love the idea of guiding consumers through it and, and travelers too, because, you know, again, it's something that, you know, we're all kind of experiencing for the first time. But the fact that you're providing some guidance around that, like alerts or when when something's going to expire. So they don't, it really all just goes back to customer satisfaction and driving that long-term loyalty, which I think, you absolutely get when you offer those types of helpful reminders and guidance. You know, you mentioned uh, how you're looking at your own data, you're looking at analytics, you're talking to your customers and people within travel, just kind of thinking about uh, keeping tabs on the, the industry generally, or maybe just consumers generally. Are there other resources that you find to be really helpful and useful when you're when you're planning for product releases or thinking about innovation, any like third-party data sources you lean on? I know you're probably consuming a lot of news um, in, in the travel space, but what else would you, what else do you find valuable? We, um, like Costco historically has been a very um, lean operation, right? We, we try to make what we save on being a lean operation available to our consumers, but this is that time where we're looking to see what else we can do, you know, what, what else from a, 
product standpoint can we make um, available to our users? So from a data standpoint, it's, it's collecting those ideas, product ideas of what we think when the pent up demand comes back is, you know, the kind of travel that people will want. Obviously, you know, it's never um, like opening the floodgates and everybody wanting to go back to Disney World again. It's just things will be phased as people slowly get comfortable with travel again. So preparing for those waves of people coming back appropriately, the, the ones who are, you know, who immediately want to go back to traveling, the ones who are more cautious and the ones who are probably planning more long term. So just there's a lot of market research that we're doing to make sure that we're making the right kind of products available in the right kinds of markets. You know, the, the kind of markets that are starting to get popular are in each country are different. Like previously, you know, Canadians love traveling to the U.S., Vegas and Florida, New York, San Diego. These were very popular destinations for Canadians, obviously, because these are warm weather locations. And, you know, it's pretty cold in Canada and Canadians in general love all-inclusive travel. Their behavior has changed completely. They do not want to travel into the U.S. anymore. They want to travel more domestically in Canada. So, you know, it's just reacting to those kind of things. And that behavior is not going to change overnight or even in a few months. It's just, you know, collecting that kind of behavioral and market information about the different markets that we operate in right now and expanding into products that we may not have previously offered in those markets. But now that things have changed in this downtime is when we prepare for that. Yeah, this has been so incredibly insightful. So thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, Mike, I don't know if you, you have any additional questions for Dia at this point. I don't have, I don't have questions. I just want to say, I really admire your company's attitude and your attitude of not, you know, it's not like Pollyanna. Ooh, the recession is actually an opportunity, but it's staying focused on what your long-term values are for your customers and treating this as, okay, we're not going to make as much money right now, but we're going to really, really focus on making sure that we're taking good care of our customers and building that loyalty for the future. It's a it's a heartwarming thing to see. And I think it's a great thing for all of us to keep in mind. So, so you're giving us a great example. And thank you so much for sharing. Oh, no problem. It was really nice to talk to you guys about it. Like, you know, we we have been um, able to put user testing as a tool to really good use. Like I said, with consumer behavior changing so much, you know, previously what we thought was a negative on the website of, you know, having too many acknowledgements um, or advisories is now a positive. People just can't seem to have enough of it, which again, in today's market, it's not like we can do any more in-person interviews or anything like that. To being able to have that tool available to us, to be able to test and understand um, the sentiment um, or even what people want, um, I think is, is huge. So, you know, we are, we are here for the long haul. I think right now we're just basically making sure that we're making the right decisions for our consumers and we're taking care of them as much as we can. And of course, making sure that we're preparing for whenever it is that travel comes back. Um, the hope is that, you know, having earned their trust now will serve us well when things come back. Yeah, that makes a, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we feel fortunate to be part of uh, the, the the process of helping you better understand your customer and, and pivot and react in ways that make sense to keep your customers happy. And also, you know, to, to be, you know, great benefit for your business too. So thank you. Thanks again for joining us. That's it. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your Monday. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And thanks for tuning in to the Human Insight Podcast. 
Want to keep the conversation going? You can visit our podcast hub, usertesting.com slash podcast and check out past episodes. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play so you never miss a good episode. And if you enjoyed our show today, please tell a friend or leave us a rating on iTunes.